Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is that video asshole. It's Brandon. <laughs> How you doing, Brandon? Oh, that's like my favorite thing to be. <laughs> I know. Since well, we started this podcast. I don't know. Trifling I, bitch is up there, but... <laughs> I really liked trifling bitch. I have it as a soundbite on Twitch. Sometimes people just call me a trifling bitch, and I'm or an old, ugly trifling bitch, and I'm like, "Damn, okay, <laughs> hot take." Yeah, I'll take it though. I love it. I love it a lot. <laughs> but video asshole is also pretty good. You are. You are a video asshole. <laughs> hey, Brandon. So, how you doing today? How's it going? It's been a whole oh, week. I'm, do- I'm doing swell. I'm doing quite swell. Dude, nice. Like, is it because it's swelteringly hot in Australia? Oh, that's part of it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you poor baby. You're probably melting into a puddle right now. But, but Cortland, yeah. we're at spooky season. Girl, right? It is officially October. Oh, no, it's not. It's September 30th. What am I doing? I looked at the cold. I was like, no, it's not October yet. But, but spooky enough, right? Yes, we are approaching spooky season. By the time this is out, We'll already be it'll it'll be like Halloween. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we record uh, episodes like two and a half weeks before they go out, so it is definitely like mid October. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've out. I've started the party early. I've already begun my festivities. You know what's really stupid around here though is that Christmas stuff comes out earlier and earlier, like every year. Brandon, they had Christmas mm-hmm. stuff out already, and it's not even Halloween yet. Yeah, it's not even October. <laughs> we it's had a Christmas cliche stuff. to complain about it, but like, come on. Maybe it's a cliche, but it needs to be explained and complained about because it will never stop. Eventually, like they had Christmas stuff out in July because, you know, Christmas in July kind of shit. And I'm like, no, please stop. Yeah, it's just inching ever forward into the year. It's clawing its way up to January. Yep. It's just going to be a year-round thing eventually. You know what, though? I'm, uh, I am like Christmas music, so, you know, it's not that big of a deal to me. <laughs> I don't yeah, know why I'm we complaining. We can have Mariah Carey year-round. Yeah, you know what, though? I like it when Mariah Carey talks about having emotions. More. You know? Yeah. I like that song. Mostly because she screams a lot in it, and it's great. Yeah, I like when she whistles. I, li- <laughs> I like it when she, yeah, she puts on that dog whistle. <laughs> um i actually you know sometimes i like to listen to music and i pick specific points in the song that are my favorite and um her screaming is definitely my favorite part of of that song uh i also really like taylor dane's um tell it to my heart okay like i I don't know what that is oh girl (laughs) i'm gonna send you a link right now (laughs) you know tell it to my heart uh, something from the star (laughs) Okay, I can't no, do it justice. It's not, it's not ringing any me. jingle bells here. Well, I'm going to send you a link to it right now. I listen to it every time I'm on my tractor mowing my lawn. <laughs> All right, so it's tractor and music. It's such a good song, Brandon. I'm really upset that you don't know it. You probably do know it, and once I send this to you, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that Bob. So, Brandon, have you had a great week this week? Did you do anything awesome? No. That's okay. Nope, like I said, uh, just preparing for Halloween. Yeah. Decorating and, uh, you know, watching Treehouse of Horror, which is oh, a tradition. I should do that. I haven't watched a Treehouse of Horror in forever. Which one's your favorite? Um, Probably, like, season eight's Treehouse of Horror. Pretty sure that's the one where Bart has an evil twin. Hugo. Oh, yeah, I do remember that one. I was going to say, I know I've seen that one before. Um, I think my favorite is three, maybe. I think that's the one with the zombies. That's a good one. I just watched it the other day. I like the part where the zombies knock on Homer's head, trying to get to his brains, and they realize there's none, so they just walk away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it's the a best good part. Spe- so as well as the, like, shooting Flanders and being like, Flanders was a zombie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was perfect. I haven't been doing anything myself, Brandon. Uh, I've been just working and... Um, so my son, you know, he's in karate. He actually tests for his black belt today, and oh, I'm really so cool. excited for him. I, I can't wait to watch it. Um, but he's been begging us. He's like, hey, will you take karate with me? And I'm like, no, because <laughs> <laughs> it's really expensive. But I, I did a, a like a private lesson on Tuesday where I, I did a workout with a coach. And I was like, maybe wow. I should do it. Good for you. I know. That's cool. I know. It was fun. I'm just like. 
I don't get embarrassed about things much anymore. Like I've just like tuned embarrassment out of my brain somehow. Uh, but I'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> being a class of adults. Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, it's, it's Brazilian jujitsu. So like I, oh, I watched them the real shit. Yeah. Like I watched them after the, I got done with my little class and it was just like a bunch of adults in the room and they were just like grappling each other and stuff. And I was like, I was like, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> okay, but just just imagine this, Cortland. Okay, I'm imagining that it. would be like a moment in your life where you are perfectly justified to yell, "Secure!" Oh my god, I, I dude, when I was eight years old, I took karate, and I think you might know this already, but I couldn't, I couldn't do my test. Like I was a white belt going into a yellow belt or whatever, and in the test they required you to like like shout when you punch or kick or something. And I was too sure. embarrassed to do that as yeah. if like mine was different than anybody else's or something. I don't know. But I was like, yeah, mom, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't. It's funny that that's the thing. That's the barrier. That's what it was. Yeah. I was like, I'm not, I'm not yelling. Cause they were all <laughs> like, if you yell when you attack, it increases your power by like 25% or some bullshit. And I was like, nope, <laughs> I'll have weak punches. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a slightly weaker punch to save some dignity. Thanks. Yeah, so it curbs my embarrassment. I'm happy. I'm fine. But uh, I don't know. I might do it because I think uh, I think it'd be fun. That would be cool. So, Bran, we got a whole a whole ass episode of Tales from the Crypt to get through here. Um, do you want to get into it? Yeah, let's talk about it. Oh my gosh, you want to dish about it? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Oh my it. gosh, like let's talk. All right, so we just got done watching um, Tales from the Crypt season three, episode like ten or something. I can't remember. It's yeah. it's morning mess, Brandon. It was a morning mess. <laughs> what did you think of this episode? Oh, this episode was mostly boring for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it's like ninety percent boring. <laughs> yes, that's accurate. Yeah, I was watching most of the episode. Like, even though I could see kind of where it was going i was just like like why is nothing happening yeah the description for this one again was about like this guy going on like a, a true crime murder mystery solving adventure and that's not really what we get <laughs> no nobody solves anything he literally falls into <laughs> the solution to his the mystery here he's like it's a story about this guy who's like living his worst life and mm -hmm. also there's like, I guess, some murders that he stumbles into, essentially. It's a side story for him. He's like, I guess there's these murders as well. Yeah, he's just trying to like make some money or something. And then, and then some guy's like, hey, there's some murders. And he's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I guess I should walk <laughs> into a graveyard. This really inconvenient for me. This episode is interesting, too, because it literally spells out <laughs> what's going to happen. And yes. It's like... It's not very subtle. No. <laughs> it's it's something. I will give it credit, though. It does have a unique monster in it, okay? And I don't want to spoil what it is, because, like I said later, it spells it out, and we'll get to that. But <laughs> it has a unique monster that I've never really seen in other media before, so I appreciate it for that. Yeah. Part of it's cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we, oh my gosh, Brandon, this one, we do get pictures again, just like in The Reluctant Vampire, and I was like, again? Already? <laughs> oh, those pictures. But let's get into it, Brandon. Our episode starts up with our best friend, Brandon. It's the Crypt Keeper. He's back in his better than ever. <laughs> yeah. He's a little chef this time. God, I love him. He has so many talents. He He's does so it all. Good. He does it all, Brandon. Like, I take inspiration. If if my, my mom was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd be like, I want to be the Crypt Keeper because he can do everything. <laughs> He puts on his little hat, and he is a chef. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's pretty much horror Barbie. Like, he can just fill any role. He sure can, and I love him for that. He's reading a cookbook. He sighs, saying that we're just in time. He's trying out a few recipes from his new Betty Croker cookbook. He hopes that we like shish kebab. He lifts open a big Dutch oven or something, and there's just water and a human hand swimming in it. No sticks, no shish kebabs. I'm like, huh? He takes a whiff of that, saying, damn, it ain't ready yet. Bob's still moving. And he slams that lid closed and giggles. Tonight's foul feast will begin with mashed potatoes. Okay, I'm in. I like mashed potatoes. Yum. Then move on to some shrieking duck and finish with a nice kielbasa. 
And I'm like, damn, a kielbasa again? We just had Miss Kielbasa last season. What's this? He pulls out that book of tales and calls this tasty tidbit morning mess. We see the picture for this episode, and it's kind of interesting. It's got a yeah. dude in a suit running with a dead body in the foreground. It looks like he might be running through a cemetery, and there are what appear to be zombies chasing after him, Brandon. Yeah, so they had me from the start here. Yeah, I was like, mm, zombies. <laughs> Even though this show has not been shy with zombies. No, but I'll take a zombie episode at least once a week. I'll be fine with that. Yeah, keep them coming. Keep the zombies coming. I'll take all of the zombies. We fade into the episode, and we're just straight up looking at trash, Brandon. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, foreboding for the rest of this episode. Mm, oh my god, right? <laughs> There's a half-eaten sandwich on top of a trash can, and a hand reaches over and snatches it up. The camera pans us over to see a newspaper delicately placed in another trash can, and the headline reads, Homeless Killer Baffles Police. They just can't figure it out. The same hand reaches down and picks that shit up. He lifts it to his face, and we see a homeless man attempting to eat a sandwich. <laughs> the sandwich is, like, not even in his mouth. It's, like, dangling <laughs> from it. He's smacking his lips, just kind of chewing it a little bit. Most of it's falling to the trash, because it is trash. It's a trash sandwich. Over in a big alleyway, we see this man walking down it. There's trash, again, everywhere, and there's just another couple of people in the background walking around like zombies. And I was like, hmm, some zombies? Spoilers, yep. they ain't zombies. Damn. Well, I guess they, I mean, they could be. I wouldn't know, but I don't think they are. If they are zombies, then they really wasted them with the rest of this episode. Yeah. If you didn't notice, everything in the background is just zombies. Our dude is rolling a cart full of assorted shit, and I can't tell what any of it is. It kind of reminds me of that picture that is on the internet of, like, what you would see if you were having a stroke or something, where you can't decipher what anything is in the picture. It's weird. Yeah. It's just... A sloppy pile of garbage. It's. I think it's mostly clothes, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I couldn't but tell you. one man's indecipherable sloppy pile of garbage is another mm -hmm. man's pile of clothes. Exactly. Yeah, he rolls up on a blanketed cardboard box. He walks inside as some dude inside his coffin. And he tells that man that he brought him some fresh bed sheets. So that must be one of the things in his cart of shit. We pop inside, and we see two homeless dudes. There's Robert, the one who snatched up the sandwich at the beginning, and uh, is instantly recognizable as the guy from Ghost that showed Patrick Swayze how to push stuff. The other one is a dude named Dancer. It's a good name. It, it reminds me of Santa Claus. Or perhaps uh, uh, a ballroom dancer, maybe. I don't know. Probably both. I thought of Elton John. Oh, Okay. You know, I gotta say, some of Elton John's music is getting, like, remixed with people. I'm kind of in love with it. No, that's good. It's good for Elton John to finally start getting some recognition. I know, right? <laughs> Our poor boy Elton needs his recognition. <laughs> so Dancer here, he's coughing, he's drinking up some cheap whiskey or something, and Dancer coughs some more, and Robert tells him to fuck the hooch. I don't, I don't know. I think that means stop drinking, but he's taking him to a hospital. Dancer ain't having none of that because he's in America and that would be expensive. Mm -hmm. He says that he's got so many good rounds left in him. Well, Robert tells Dancer he's about to go down for the count. So he's getting out of here to go look for somebody to get some help. He gets up and he leaves the box and slowly makes his way away. He walks off camera and we stay and we see a menacing shadow walking up on Dancer's box, Brandon. Shit. Inside, Dancer hears a noise and kind of side eyes it. He asks if that's Robert, and then scooches to the entrance, asking, who's out there? Listen here, I'm a former middleweight. With Robert, he rounds a corner, and then he hears dancers screaming in the not-too-distance. He stops real close to the camera, and he listens for a few seconds before whispering, dancer, and then kind of, <laughs> like, slowly runs back the way that he came. He's not very quick about this. Here, he, he, look, he read the headline, he knows there's somebody killing homeless people, but he's like, yeah, eh, maybe. Uh-uh, uh, not me. Let's, let's, I don't know, I'll just, I'll just walk up. I was so eager to get him help, but like, I'll just walk and see what happens. He comes up on Dancer's box, which has been flattened, and he yells out, Dancer! And he starts uncovering that box. He reaches down to Dancer yelling, okay, I got you. And he lifts up Dancer's severed hand that is still clutching that bottle of whiskey. Robert screams and throws that down with a squish, and we hear someone off screen yell, what the hell is going on down there? I'm calling the police! Robert looks up and then just walks away, and the camera focuses in on a bloody handprint that Robert left. Man, that was exciting, Brandon. You'd think. <laughs> I mean, like, spoilers, that's the most exciting thing that happens for quite a while on this episode. 
Yeah, I hope you got your fill of action. <laughs> they front loaded real quick there. Yeah, it was entirely off screen, but yeah. That's what we get. <laughs> this cuts us over to a new character. It's Dale Sweeney, who's shirtless and lifting up a woman's shoe. He takes a few steps over to his bed and lifts up the blankets, and there's a woman in his bed. And he's all, oh, shit. And the woman wakes up a bit and rolls a little, and we see that her bra is not all the way on. So you can see her boobs. Oh, my goodness. She is so sleepy, though, and she's all like, huh? Dale tells her it's about time for her to be heading out of here. And she sleepily asks, but wait, I thought we was going to be spending the whole day together. Uh, Dale tells her, well... That was Jack Dan who's talking. Dale Sweeney's telling you to cop a broom. And I've never heard that before, but I assume that means clean up a mess. I don't know. I guess. He throws a pink shirt at her and the woman hastily puts her bra back on. Dale's over by the door waiting for her to leave when he yells, oh shit, and grabs some pants. We watch the woman dress, and she says, you think you can just chew women up at night and throw them out in the morning? Dale tells her, yeah, my line of work is, like, super busy. And he literally pushes her towards the door. She yells at him to keep his paws off of her, and she whips that door open, screaming, you make me sick. Dale slams that door in her face, and from the hallway, she calls him a motherfucker. And then, fuck you. You got no class, you idiot. You know what? She's right. <laughs> She's absolutely right. That, like, this scene leads you to believe that Sweeney is, like, some kind of cool playboy, but the rest of the episode is like, no, this guy sucks at everything he does. He is. He's he's kind of, he's a really shit main character, I will say. He's not very likable in the least. <laughs> Spoilers. No. So, sorry, guys. <laughs> we watch Dale get ready for work, so he quickly puts on a shirt and grabs his badge for the Evening Globe. Which is the same newspaper company we saw the homeless guy grab a newspaper of. It's the one newspaper in town. Yes. What town do you think we're in? I, I think I've seen Palm Tree. So, I, oh, I think it's L.A., right? Yes. I think I tiny LA. little L.A. with its one newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's two, but. <laughs> oh, that's true. We quick cut over to a graveyard where there looks to be a press conference of sorts going on. But it's a really small one because no one really cares much. There's like <laughs> yeah. there's like seven or eight people up on a, a stage with like a podium and maybe like 15, 20-ish people in the audience. It does look like there's a little catered lunch, though. So, I mean, free food, right? It looks like a children's birthday party. Like it's it's just a couple of people hanging out eating food. Yeah, a really sad one, where nothing fun is <laughs> yes. happening. A sad children's birthday party in the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> the guy at the podium is talking about some sort of society, and he's got people up there that believe in a common past or something. I don't know. He just talks. They were all once homeless, but they're not homeless anymore. They feel it's time to repay their city for the opportunity to help themselves. Therefore, they banded together to create the Grateful Homeless Outcasts and Unwanted Layaways Society. The Grateful Homeless Society, for sure, Brandon. Sure. God, what a long name that is. Ugh. Layaways? I, I know. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're stretching you're, here, folks. Yeah, you're really forcing this, but okay. Hopefully I don't have to say that six more times in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Dale arrives in his honestly really crappy looking car, and some dude immediately walks up on him saying that he's late again, and maybe he's lost his touch. Dale claps back that he could lose his eyesight and still run circles around him. This new dude, his name is Klimsky. <laughs> Such a dumb name. Dude, don't you be dissing Klimsky. Klimsky brags about breaking up some scandal on how he's hot shit now, and then walks into a porta potty. He closes the door telling Dale he's on his ass or something, and Dale swoops in with a plastic comb and puts it into the lock on the door. And he tells Klimsky that he can stay on his own ass for a while and calls him a putz. Klimsky tries to open up that door, but he's too weak to break a tiny plastic <laughs> comb. <laughs> a little plastic comb that would probably just fall out on its own. Yeah, you just jiggle it a little bit and it'll fall out. But he's like, no, my one weakness. <laughs> and Klimsky dies in there, never having been able to get out. Nope, he's still into that porta potty to this day. His skeleton is just bleached in there. <laughs> Over with the dude on the podium, he seems to be finishing up his speech, saying, After a lifetime of pain, they'll have an eternity of dignity. Now, keeping with my usual demure nature, I'll defer all questions to our society's spokesperson, Miss Jess Gilcrest. I love this. He's like, And that was my speech. If you have any questions, talk to her. <laughs> yeah. 
We see the camera pan over to a woman's white shoes, and she steps up to the podium. And we see she's got a beautiful white suit on. It's classy, Brandon. Yeah, she's fancy as shit. She really is. Everybody in this show's got got white suits. She's got earrings. Like, she is showing up. She is ready for work. She is ready to take all the questions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you got any questions about that guy's speech, she's the one to talk to. Immediately, Dale heckles her, asking, shouldn't you be spending money for people above the ground instead of underneath it? Because this society... They help homeless people by funding their funerals. <laughs> Seems really dumb to me. That's <laughs> what the homeless people want. They're like, I don't need help in life, but I don't have any money for a funeral, which, like, granted, sure, but, like, what kind of society is like, ah, fuck the homeless, except for when they're dead. Yeah, then we take care of them. <sighs> so stupid. She tells him, uh, you know, we don't think so, you know, spending money on actual live people. Dale follows up asking why throw money at the dead when you could use it to help somebody that's homeless that are living right now. She tells him the Grateful Homeless Society feels there are many organizations that currently provide aid to the living. Beacons in the night, etc. (laughs) You know, all of them. (laughs) One and, you know, more. (laughs) Dale interrupts her telling her it's safe to say there aren't enough of these beacons to keep you from opening up this place, right? She gives a nice comeback here. She says... Well, that is your interpretation of the situation. (laughs) Good one. Good deflecting there, Miss Jess Gilcrest. I can see why you were hired. She's had enough of Dale, though, so she calls out for another reporter, and it's a woman with her hand up. She asks a question. It it doesn't really matter, though, because we cut over to our old friend, Homeless Robert, who is dipping a shrimp into some cocktail sauce and taking a nibble. Free food. Yeah. He he stumbled upon uh, this. Well, I assume that they're going to be, you know, burying Dancer with the society. So he came for the free food, and I don't blame him. There's a lot of really quick cuts to, in this episode. Like, we just kind of cut from location to location. So we cut to Dale's boss, who's got a newspaper in her hands with the headline, Homeless Killer Sawed. It's got a big picture of our old buddy Robert, because everybody assumes that bloody fingerprint is Robert's, and uh, he's the killer. Makes sense to me, right? Open and shut case. Yeah, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, as they say in the biz. While looking at this, she tells Dale, I only wish you could be the first recipient of the Grateful Homeless Society's generosity. Damn, okay. Yes, be dead, please. Dale complains that they cut his electricity and his alarm didn't go off. Maybe if they would pay you, Dale. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry, your wages are shit. I don't don't know. The woman here, Elaine, might just be my favorite of this episode, I have to say. Yeah, she's good. I like her. She's got a lot of great lines. She tells Dale, Well, maybe you should buy an alcohol-powered generator. That way you could urinate into it every morning and have enough electricity for the whole day. It's hilarious. <laughs> Zing! Dale sarcastically thinks that's hilarious and asks her to give him a break. She tells him, no, a break isn't exactly the term. Try severance. Dale's all say, what? She tells him. She isn't playing around this crap game with him anymore. Will Sweeney show up or is he too busy getting his oil changed? Dale begs her not to do this to him. So she takes a quick look at her watch saying, all right. How about five seconds from now? Dale rubs his face and says, Elaine, I mean, come on, girl. She looks at her watch again saying, oh, time's up. You're fired. (laughs) So Dale's all, whatever, no skin off my nose. I'll just go hit up the Herald. Elaine snaps, great. You want a recommendation? I mean, it's a great chance to cripple the competition. (laughs) Damn, Elaine. Elaine. (laughs) Elaine with the hot takes. (laughs) Stop. He's already dead. (laughs) It's so good. I love Elaine. Yeah, that's a good line. We cut over to Dale's dark apartment because he doesn't have any electricity. And he takes a few steps as a bolt of lightning lights things up. He walks right into his little table in the middle of the room, which hurts him real bad, even though he should know it's there because, like, you've been living here. (laughs) But whatever. He walks over to a shelf and he lights up a candle for some light. He burns himself because he's an idiot and sets the candle down and goes into the bathroom to pee. While peeing, a flash of lightning illuminates the room and we see that Robert is there. It's our good buddy. Whoa. Dale sees him but can't react quick enough and starts getting strangled. (laughs) It's a great way to just introduce yourself by just strangling people. Yeah, it's how they say hello on the streets. (laughs) Oh, see, I'm not very street smart, so I didn't know. You're learning. Ah, you learn something new every day. One t- oh my god. Lance said that one day. And I was like, Lance, you're eight years old. Of course you learn something new every day. <laughs> I 
I had a similar thought with uh, Zach recently. We were at the shop and he saw something and he was like, you don't see that every day. It's like, <laughs> dude, you've had 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the bathroom longer than you've been alive <laughs> collectively. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Today. Rob tells him, man, nice place you got here. Makes the streets look like the fucking White House. Because this place is shit. Yeah, it really is. Except not really. <laughs> it's not that bad. Jeez. No. <laughs> for for a tiny little city like Los Angeles. It's oh, right, right. And then, you know what? That apartment probably cost him like $1,200 a month or something, too. And back in that was back in 1991, folks. Yeah. Dale tells him he's got nothing against him. And Robert pulls him into the next room asking, what's the matter? Don't you recognize the homeless killer? We also see that Robert's got a gun pointed right under Dale's chin. And Dale looks at him for a few seconds and yells out, shit. It's an appropriate reaction. Rob tells him that he needs him to uh, use those fingers and hands of his to do a little ink slinging for him. He needs him to write an article. Dale asks, what about? And Rob yells out, I ain't no killer. The only thing he is is hard up. Dale tells him, so if you ain't the killer, then who is? Robert tells him, well, if I told you what's going on, you'd think I was crazy. Tomorrow, they're having their first planting at the Grateful Cemetery. Dale's all, huh? Robert tells him to go there and hang out until sunset and he'll see what's all the hubba. If he does that, Robert here will spill the rest like a fucking floodgate. He'll even throw in a few names. City officials with their mitts in the Grateful Homeless. He asks Dale to meet him tomorrow night at 25th and Tiffany. Tiffany? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Dale tells him, okay, sure, whatever. But wait, why me? And Rob tells him it's because he looks hungrier than Robert himself. Then he picks up that candle and blows it out for some reason and scooches away. <laughs> Dale's got to waste time lighting that candle again. He has no electricity. Nope. We cut to tomorrow during the day and the camera swings by the plaque for the Grateful Homeless Outcasts and Unwanted Layaway Society. And into the cemetery, Brandon. Yes. We see Dale's there and he puts a fresh tape into his recording device, which it, I couldn't think of what it was called. I guess it's just a recorder, right? Yeah. It's a talk boy. Yeah, talk boy. Sure. He walks up to the service going on where a preacher and two very dirty men are praying over a cheap casket that's getting lowered into the ground by four workers. The preacher's reading from his Bible or whatever, saying like, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Dale overhears that part saying, sometimes the Lord forgets the first part. (laughs) Uh, I like, you know, Dale's attitude that like, oh, man. The universe just isn't giving me, Dale, everything I want. But it's like, he doesn't work for anything. No. And everything he does, he sucks at. Yeah, it's kind of like like, a whole woe is me shit. Yeah, just try being like a little better. Yeah, put in some effort, Dale. (laughs) He's he's the worst. He's like, oh, I suck. Yet, I don't do anything to fix my situations. I just love that, like, the... So there's there's two really dirty guys that are just sitting there. And it's supposed to be, like, the friends of whoever's getting buried. And they're just, like... It's such a sloppily, hastily thrown together, like, look homeless dudes. You know? It's it's, yeah. it's outrageous. wonder where, like, they got the invite to this thing. Well, they heard that there was free shrimp from Robert, I guess. and uh, I guess they just wasn't. smell it. Like, in cartoons, there's just... Oh, stink, stink lines waves. Yeah. Of shrimp everywhere. And the homeless people just float to the cemetery. When I was in L.A. a couple of months ago, there, it's true. There was a stink line of shrimp everywhere. <laughs> Why didn't you follow it? Uh, I was in an Uber. <laughs> we couldn't go off oh, course. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> From behind him walks a woman saying, that's a pretty jaded view on life. It's the spokeswoman, Jess Gilcrest. Dale, not wanting to look like a jaded loser, says, yeah, well, coming from you, Lord giveth you plenty. Even though, in that meeting, the man said everybody that works there was homeless before. But whatever. (laughs) She asks Dale why he's so interested in this place. And he stumbles out saying, well, I was just following up on a story and looking for anything out of the ordinary. She nods saying, well, there's nothing here but the dead. Why not let them rest in peace? He adds, and dignity. And she agrees. She's like, "Mm -hmm, yep, yep, dignity for sure. She starts walking away and Dale follows her saying, Hey, hope I didn't rattle you too much yesterday. Jess tells him it takes a whole lot to rattle her. Dale initiates greasy reporter mode, saying he would give anything to find out what does rattle her. She stops and turns around to look at him, saying, Well, stick around. You're working up to it. He shrugs, saying, I was kind of hoping to buy you some lunch. 
Jess wisely asks why she would want to have lunch with him. And Dale's all, because I'm far more interesting than whatever Gumby you might be seeing now. Also, you may be interested in seeing the story I'm writing up on the society. What do you say? We cut over to Dale's apartment, where he is opening up a bottle of wine with a grunt. He steps on over to the couch, where Jess is sitting there. She's got a potato chip in her hand, saying, you know, I thought we'd be having a nice lunch at a quiet restaurant. Dale pours her some wine, saying, well, uh, this is quiet, and uh, you don't have to leave a tip. And he chuckles, because that was hilarious. No, it wasn't. I, <laughs> she looks at him with sexy eyes, saying, at least it's not with money. So, I thought you were going to tell me a, a story. Dale tells her, actually, I thought it'd be better if we waited until we finished eating. He takes a bite of a sandwich, as she asks why. He tells her, well, it's because I lied. It's just a routine notice, and I needed the company. You're not going to squirm out of here? She politely smiles and tells him that he's already killed her entire afternoon. Besides, it never hurts to improve press relations. And she sassily takes the smallest bite out of that potato chip I have ever seen. It's like Squidward eating a Krabby Patty. Exactly. That's a really good analogy for it, Brandon. He loves it. Dale puts a finger up, saying, You know, the Grateful Homeless Society is very fortunate to have you as a spokesperson. Just as all, uh-oh, are we working up to a compliment? Dale tells her, nah, but most spokespersons don't have a sense of humor. Nor do they look like you. Just smiles, saying, now I'm rattled. Dale offers up his sandwich, asking if she wants a bite, and just tells him that I don't eat meat. Dale's all, oh, God, you're not one of those, are you? And I'm like, Dale, what are you talking about? She smiles, saying, not exactly. <laughs> oh, how cheeky. <laughs> I love using cheeky. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and the worst reporter ever. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we've got. We are so thankful for you spending some time with us. Looking for more content from Up All Night? Become a patron at patreon.com slash private island. We post multiple times a week, so there's always something new for you to enjoy. We've got early release episodes, bonus episodes, full-length videos, and so much more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Beths, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad Magical, Faith, and Shane, the Goths, Stephen, Matt, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, Sid, and Corey, the citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and your boys and girls, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. If social media is your thing, give us a follow at Up All Night Podcast on Instagram, at UANPod on Twitter, at Private Island Presents on TikTok, and at Up All Night HA Podcast on YouTube. We've got videos, memes, and more for almost every episode we've covered. You can find me live on Twitch every few nights at twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I hope you stop by and chat with me. With the new Goosebumps series that has just arrived on Disney+, Plus, we didn't want to wait too long to cover things, so you can expect a bonus episode on the main feeds of the podcast this Thursday, and every Thursday covering the 2023 Goosebumps series, so we hope you enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks so much for listening in. For now, I'll let you go ahead and get back to that episode, and I will talk with you again next week. Bye, everybody. We cut over to the bedroom, Brandon, for a sweaty sex scene. Oh, yeah. Finally, this episode's heating up. Yeah, you didn't know there was going to be action <laughs> in form of sex. <laughs> this is a boring sex scene. <laughs> Jess is biting up on Dale's shoulders, even though he looks like he hasn't showered in two weeks. It's <laughs> probably true. She says that he looks good enough to eat. Dale takes that as a compliment and says that he ain't never met anybody like her before. She even wore a mouth. Jess asks if he wants to see her again, and he smiles saying, oh, hell yeah. I was never the kind of guy who believes in love at first sight, but you're something else. He goes in for a smooch, and we see his hand reach up and turn on a recorder, or a talk boy, as we called it, right? Talk mm -hmm. boy, walk boy? I don't remember. Talk boy. Yeah. He wants to get everything on tape, Brandon. He stops and he says, hey, let me ask you something, you know, off the record kind of shit. What do you think of the Grateful Homeless Society? She laughs saying, who cares, and gets back up on top of him. She smooches him a whole bunch more. Then she looks up and she sees that there's a recorder just chilling there, not hidden at all. <laughs> no, he fucking sucks. He's the worst. It's literally like on a shelf 
with nothing around it. <laughs> it could not be more obvious. Oh, she's like off the record, huh? And she gets up off of him and puts on her coat. She angrily asks, is this your own private press conference? Is this what this is? She looks at the recorder. And Dale sees that and looks at it, too. She grabs it, pulls out the tape and starts yanking out all the ribbons, declaring this is a news blackout, Brad. News blackout. Dale's all, girl, I'm just doing my job, even though I was recently fired. (laughs) (laughs) She she tells him, you know what? You don't want to see me do mine. So I'm the kind of girl you could spend a lifetime with, huh? And he shrugs, being all like, what? What's going on? Just pumping you for information. And he smiles. And she leaves without another word. We stay with Dale for a moment. And he's all, gee whiz, I don't know where all that came from. Gee willikers. Dale, you're an idiot. Yeah. He's the worst. Now we pop over to a dark alleyway. Dale's there in his suit and he's all, God damn, this place stinks. It smells like shrimp. <laughs> he takes a few steps and calls for Robert. And we hear a scream in the distance when a hand reaches out and grabs Dale's ankle. Then it gets all on its feet and starts strangling Dale. He gets pushed a bit and then swirls this guy around and pushes him up against the wall. And it's our good friend Robert. And there's blood coming out of his mouth. Every single time these two meet, it has to just start with a little bit of choking. Yeah, strangulation is the perfect, like, how are you doing, you know? You can convey so much with just a little... <laughs> just a quick strangle. Little little bit of choking. He asks Dale if he wet and saw, and Dale's all, yeah, I, I, saw, I saw his grapes. And then he asks, who did this to you? Robert calls him a fucking dickhead, and that he didn't stay long enough. Dale ignores all that, saying, so are you going to tell me a story? Of course or he what? does. <laughs> he, was, he was given one job. Yeah. He's like... This this man was like, I'm going to give you this story that's going to break big for you. This is going to get you all the attention you wanted. All you got to do is stay at this place for a little bit of time. He gets to the cemetery, and after like five minutes, he's just like, hey, hey, hey you want to go bang? <laughs> Sky yeah. is the fucking worst. He really is. He wants names, though, Brandon. He Okay, this man, Robert, is literally dying in front of him. And Dale's all like, give me the names. Give them to me. And he yells at Robert, telling him, don't die on me. But it's too late. Robert's head plops down and he fucking dies. Yeah, this death was preventable. I think both deaths so far have been preventable, Brandon. That is true. People need to just stay places. It's not hard, you know. Somebody tells you to do something for your own benefit and you don't do it. Mm, I don't know what to tell you. With Dale, he's back at his apartment, and he walks up to the front door, but there's an eviction notice and a big lock on the handle. He's all, oh, come on, you son of a bitch. He looks in his pocket and sees that there's one dollar, so he cuts outside where he's drinking some alcohol out of a styrofoam cup. Some dude walks by him and calls him a bum, and then Dale takes a drink. Then Dale throws the bottle down, and it shatters on the ground, and he drunkenly stumbles over to his shitty car and goes to open it up, but he drops his keys. He reaches down for it and then crappily stumbles to the ground and falls asleep. We quick cut to like later on where Dale is still sleeping next to his car, but it's raining on him. He is the homeless now. Maybe he should ask for some assistance from Beacons of Light or etc. Or one of the other ones, you know. (laughs) You know him. Yeah. I don't gotta say it out loud. You all know. Yeah, there's so many. Then we cut over to Elaine in her office and Dale's there saying that he really needs some help. She asks, help? Mr. Sweeney, you need varium? Varium? I don't know what she says. I assume it's a drug. I don't know. He asks her for an assignment, and she tells him that he must be joking, because she had to hire somebody to clean up his mess. Yeah, like, he doesn't work there anymore. No. He just literally walked in like George Costanza, and he's just like, "Ah." Oh my god. (laughs) Hey, what's my next assignment, chief? I love it. (laughs) From behind Dale walks Klimsky, saying, you wanted to see me, chief? (sighs) Love Klinsky. First of all, I can't believe he escaped that porta potty. But Dale can't believe this shit either. She gave him his job. He's such a low life. Elaine tells him, Yup, I thought it was about time we had a writer doing the job. Then she instructs Klimsky to head out to the Grateful Homeless Society where they're burying that homeless killer. Dale snaps, Today? She tells him, That's right. You better hurry if you want a spot. Now, I don't want to have to call security. Wait, what am I saying? I'd love to call security. And she boops a button on her phone calling Norma to go get some security up here. Dale takes a few steps away and Elaine sighs and, never mind, Norma. Just call the janitor. (laughs) I I thought for a second she'd be like, never mind, we'll help Dale. She's like, no, doubling down. 
Now we pop over to the cemetery. There's another funeral going on, but this time at night for some reason. A preacher's reading some stuff as workers put the casket into the ground. And it's really interesting that there's nobody else here at this this funeral, considering this was like an alleged murderer. I feel like there'd be a lot of people like reporters and stuff, don't you think? Yeah. They were following this story in the news. Like it was it was front page news, literally. Yeah. I mean, at the minimum, I would assume Klimsky would be there, but he is nowhere to be seen. Well, I guess Klimsky sucks at his job, too. Mm, I'm going to tell Elaine. <laughs> everybody so like, it's only the four workers. And after, like, the body gets lowered, everybody just kind of walks away. And then there's two workers that just shovel in the dirt. We cut over to Dale sitting next to a tombstone and smoking a cigarette. And he's just watching this fresh grave for Robert. When suddenly the mound of dirt starts to just mechanically, like, sink down. He takes a closer look, saying, son of a bitch! And next thing you know, he's defiling that grave by shoveling away the dirt that the workers just spent all night putting in. The camera here just kind of swings back and forth between graves, and we see that Dale is making progress by scooping out the dirt. And I love those shots. I, I think it's fun. Yeah, I think it's cool. It looks cool when the, the dirt sinks down. Oh, it does, right? Because it kind of, like, thumps down mechanically like yeah a little bit at a time it's it, it, it's like cool. the first time in the last i don't know 10 15 minutes of this episode where i was like "Ooh, what's going on what's happening i know right is this action i'm seeing in my episode of tales from the crypt it's not we still have some time <laughs> eventually he does hit the casket with his shovel and he bangs on it a few times he throws that shovel up out of the hole and he starts digging with his hands but it's not a casket down here brandon it's a wooden door yeah what the hell he tries the door handle, saying that bastard was right. But the door ain't budging, so he gives up. But then the door opens up, and he falls to the ground underneath the grave, which looks to be like an old mine shaft or something. Dale gets up, and he looks down a hallway of this mine shaft. Then we go first-person mode for, like, two seconds as Dale walks around looking at caskets. He finds one with a bunch of bones on top, so he just kind of keeps walking. He's like, eh, whatever. He makes his way down the tunnel and stops to take a look around. A door opens up and a light shines through, so Dale starts running down the tunnels away from it. He finds the hole that he dropped down into and he tries to jump up to get out of it, except it's like seven feet tall, so like he can't get there. We see a few sets of feet and lanterns making their way down the tunnel, so Dale runs over and he finds a random casket, because there's caskets like littered down this mine shaft. And he opens that shit up and he crawls inside. Just in time, Brandon. Whew, he's safe. All right. I thought maybe something interesting was going to happen. Almost. We're almost there. The lights of the people pass him by and Dale takes a moment to breathe. But he looks over and we see the dead body of Robert. And he starts screaming a whole bunch because like Robert's eye is missing and like his chest is opened up. It's gross. Yeah. It looks fucking nasty. The dudes pick up his casket and run him down the tunnel as he screams to let him out of there. He's not being very subtle, Brandon. He's like trying to escape these people but he's like oh my god oh my god you know the whole time yeah giving away his position he's trying to hide and he's like oh no oh god <laughs> and the people are like there he is i found him i didn't know there was a person down here but now i do because he screamed all of that stops and dale screams open the casket and we see it's been placed in the middle of the dining room table there's this gorgeous chandelier that's lighting up this room. A clock bongs to show us it's like 11 p.m. or something. And Dale takes a look around to see a beautifully decorated table with a bunch of places for people to sit and eat. There's gold-plated silverware and goblets, a little bottle of A1 steak sauce, a, a little container that has a wet nap in it. It's great. It's cute, is what I put in my notes, actually. Then he looks up, and there's some paintings on the walls. <laughs> We see a painting of a dude in a general outfit or something, but his face is real angry. He's got cracked lips and dry skin. Gross. He looks at another painting of a dude in a powdered wig, and that person has the same cracked lips. But this guy has, like, sharp teeth, like Baraka from Mortal Kombat. Yes. That is a, a great comparison. Yeah, I love Baraka. A voice calls out, Good evening, Mr. Sweeney. Nice of you to drop by for dinner. Dale, still sitting in the casket in the middle of the table, asks, Who the hell are you people? And we see some other people entering into the room behind him, but Dale doesn't really see that yet. The guy stands up from his chair saying, Well, that depends. Until recently, we were known as the infamous homeless killer. But now you may refer to us as the grateful homeless outcasts in unwanted layaway society. The people behind Dale shuffle further into the room as Dale takes a look at the plaque that's hanging on the wall 
and realizes it spells out ghouls, Brandon. <gasps> oh, shit. It's goblin spelled backwards. <laughs> oh, Brandon. The plaque spells out ghouls. It did the whole time. <laughs> it did. Like, even above ground. Yes. <laughs> in the cemetery. They just have a big plaque that's like ghouls, which is a great thing to have for your homeless cemetery. <laughs> yes, secret your society. secret homeless cemetery shenanigans. <sighs> so... We don't have zombies, Brandon. We have ghouls, which is a like I said, a, a not very um, used monster. Are are those ghouls? I'll take it. I'll take it too. It's interesting and uh, it's unique. And this, I, I this like part. Ghouls. This part on of the episode I like. Oh right, the last two seconds. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're almost done here, but I like the rest of this episode. The dude in front of Dale tells him it's just been so dang long since we had some fresh meat up in here. Then he reaches up and he peels his face back to reveal that he's a ghoul. So he's got dry skin and cracked lips and sharp teeth. Also, yeah, he's they've just uh, got bald. whole face masks like covering their entire head because they have to cover their ears as well because they have like pointy elf ears. They do. They have pointy ears for some reason. I didn't see that in the picture. Dale can't handle this shit and he gets up out of the casket. He tries to run away, but his escape is blocked by none other than Klimsky, Brandon. <gasps> oh, fuck. I did not see that coming. He's got Dale by the neck, and he lifts him up. And I said, man, this guy gets choked a lot. <laughs> he does. He likes it. Dale's all, Klimsky? And Klimsky tells him not to mind him. I just stopped in for a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just have a scoop. <laughs> just a scoop of Sweeney. But you can't stop it. Just one scoop. No, you can't. It's, <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> I love I love that he said scoop because it not only Brandon, I'm going to explain the joke here. Not only does it mean that he's getting the scoop on a new like news report, but he's also going to eat somebody. Yeah, <laughs> it works uh, two ways. You got a scoop of mashed potatoes. You got a scoop of news. It's great. Then Klimsky peels his face away, revealing that he's a ghoul. He tells Dale he's not really hungry, but he'll just pick. Then he reaches up and tears Dale's ear off like a grape from a vine. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs about that as dale falls to the ground then he dips that ear into some cocktail sauce and gives his ghoul buddy a little nibble before double dipping it into the sauce God. it looks delicious oh <laughs> uh, what the ear or the sauce do you like cocktail sauce brandon no me either i don't know about that stuff dale's still on the floor bleeding profusely when the doors open up and jess is there he calls out, Jess, oh my god, you go come to help me. But she sassily steps inside saying, I know, I said I don't eat meat. I lied. He calls out for help as Jess peels away her face, revealing that she's a bald ghoul, Brandon, because all the ghouls are bald as well. Yeah, you have to be if you're a ghoul. She takes a, a few steps inside saying, if you don't mind, I think I'll just help myself. Dale screams as her chapped as fuck lips get closer to the camera. And she says, I knew you'd be good enough to eat. And she slowly opens her mouth and into the camera. And that's kind of the end of the episode. Well, aside from the Crypt Keeper bits. Yeah, he gets eaten. Good riddance. I just wondered to myself, Brandon, if she was a ghoul the whole time, don't you think for a moment he would have seen that while he was banging her? No. No, not at all. Because he's really bad and not very perceptive. Yeah, I guess if it was any other character, I'd be like, hmm. But with Dale, I'm like, yeah, that, yeah. that tracks. Anyone else would be like, hey, are you wearing an entire head mask? <laughs> I could see the line. This hair feels like fake hair. What is going on? But no, nothing. Everything gets past Dale. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Over with Crypty, he's got a spinning rack of pots and pans, and the camera looks over to see him nibbling on a big old bone. He's had enough, so he tosses that shit aside, saying, mmm, pretty tasteless, wouldn't you say? He dabs at his mouth, and we see he's just got a smorgasbord of people parts and bones in front of him. He says, I guess in the end, Mr. Sweeney learned not to go digging into other people's business. Although you'll be happy to hear he's found himself a new career as a ghost writer. <laughs> he chuckles at that good one and says, so, still hungry for dessert? I hope you like cannibal soup. It's mm-mm good. And he lifts a ladle out of a bubbling pot and pulls out a human skull. Then he laughs us out of the episode. <laughs> Man, that was morning mess, Brandon. That was a big old mess of an episode. 
<laughs> I gotta say, I think overall, even though it was pretty boring, I still enjoyed myself while I watched it. It wasn't the worst episode. No, and the reveal was good. Now, granted, it was literally spelled out in front of you for mostly the entire episode. I mean, Ghouls is like, I seen it right away when we panned through the cemetery, and I didn't even have to like freeze frame to see it. I was like, uh, that spells Ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The sign makes it pretty obvious they weren't even trying. Who in the ghoul society was like, hey, let's do this cover up story, right? We're going to pretend to take care of dead bodies, but we're going to spell it out that we're ghouls. And like everybody in the room was like, yeah, that's a good one. Let's do it. Like, I don't get it. And also, like, they're killing the homeless anyway. So, like, eventually they're going to get caught, don't you think? Uh, Yeah. That homeless, the the ghoul society was open for like 24 hours and it already had like news reporters being like, what, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> How long could they like realistically last? I mean, I guess for eternity, but still. I mean, why the whole cover up with the funerals anyway? If you're murdering these homeless people, like just take them home and eat them. Yeah, like, they're already murdering these homeless people, and then they complain, like, oh, it's been so long since we had fresh meat. Why don't you just eat them right after you murder them, then? Like, you clearly murdered people. You were enough to get on the papers. People were noticing. Why do you have to go through all the hullabaloo of getting them into your society so you can bury them, so you can eat them, like, two weeks later? It doesn't make any sense. No. And if you want to eat them alive, then just kidnap them. Exactly. Like, I don't want to be giving monsters tips on how... (laughs) Be monsters, but come on. Everyone is bad at their job in this episode. (laughs) I I think Elaine was pretty good. (laughs) Okay, Elaine is the only competent human in the small, tiny town of Los Angeles. (laughs) Oh, Brandon, did you learn anything from Morning Mess? I learned how to not do a job. (laughs) Yeah, well, I didn't learn anything, but I I taught some things. You are such a giver, Brandon. You said that. You you know, you said that you love to give. Yeah. You're, you're ju- a giver. I, yeah. Sweeney could have taken a little piece of advice from you. You, you just send him down and you say, shut up. Just do your job. <laughs> just do it. You'll be fine. Brandon, morning mess. I love the name, but I don't know why it's called morning mess. <laughs> uh, Well, the morning part is self-explanatory. The mess? I don't know. It's just messy dead bodies, or is it like mess, like a mess hall where you eat? Oh, yeah. I think it might be the mess hall. Yeah. Okay. So it's just like two words that kind of mean something else put together, but not clever. Right. I think that this episode should have been called The Grateful Homeless Outcast and Unwanted Layaway Society, or perhaps Ghouls for short. Yeah. Just their ghouls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ghouls, the episode. Brandon, um, you want to meet this cast? I think we should meet the cast. Yeah, who are these crazy people? First up, we got Dale Sweeney, uh, our main character, played by Steven Weber. And I recognize this man, Brandon, I have to say. Did you? I did, because he plays Jack Torrance in the 1990s The Shining. Oh, okay. I never saw that one still. Uh, it follows the book a lot more than the Kubrick movie, I have to say. Does it make it better, though? No, but... It does follow the book more. Well, I bet Stephen King was happy about that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Stephen here, he has a very long career, very uh, prolific actor here. Started things off in 1981 with The Little Fox. Mm-hmm. The Little Fox, Brandon. He was also in a couple of little ditties here. Uh, Deception, A Mother's Secret. Ooh. Said, that, said that like I know. Dracula. What's the secret? Dead and Loving It. Brandon, you remember that movie? I never watched I, it. I do. I've seen it once. Oh, nice. He was in Duckman. And The Simpsons. He was a voice in The Simpsons. He was in All Dogs Go to Heaven, the series, which I didn't know was the thing. But they did it. They did it. He was in the TV series uh, Hercules. Not the one with uh, that loser on on Twitter. I can't remember his name. Uh, But that's for the best. He is uh, the animated. The animated Hercules series. Okay. More recently, he was in... Oh, I guess this wasn't more recently. 2011. A fairly odd movie. Grow Up, Timmy Turner. Which is the live action... Fairly Odd Parents movie. Oh, uh, that's weird. Yes. <laughs> he was in... Did I see Curb Your Enthusiasm? I did. He was in Curb Your Enthusiasm for an episode. Most recently, he was in 49 episodes of Chicago Med from 2021 to 2023. So he's still working it. Good for him. I know, right? Good job, Steven. Next up, 
We got Rita Wilson, who played Jill. I'm sorry, I knew I was going to call her Jill. Jess Gilcrest. I feel like she actually looks younger today than she does in this episode. <laughs> That's interesting. Good for her. I know, right? Glow up, if you will, right? She started things off back in 1972 with the Brady Bunch. She was in an episode of the Brady Bunch. That's the first time I think we've seen that That's on, cool. the, on these uh, IMDb profiles here. She was in a lot of things, though. Bosom Buddies, MASH, uh, Three's Company, Teen Witch. She was a dancer in that movie. I remember when I watched that movie. I did it for us, Brandon. I watched Teen Witch and did a plot point on it. You're welcome. Curb Your Enthusiasm. She was also in an episode. Law and Order, The Carrier, something called Kiss Me. Big Fat, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. Did you know that there's a My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 that is in theaters right now? That does not surprise me. It surprises me, Brandon. I didn't... Like, the sequel for it was out, like, forever after the first one. And then, for some reason, they were like, let's do a third one. It was such a hit. Most recently, Brandon, she was in something called Asteroid City from 2023. So she is also still horking it. a Wes Anderson movie. What does he do? Fantastic Mr. Fox? He made that, yeah. That's the only Wes Anderson movie I know. What else does he do? Dude, we've watched Wes Anderson movies together. Which ones? Tell me more. Royal Tenenbaums. Uh-huh. Life Aquatic. Yes. Uh, we did, probably didn't watch anymore. Okay. You want to know what, though, Brandon? I don't remember a single thing from either of those movies. I'm a terrible oh, friend. I know. They're great movies. I know. Next up, we got Allie Walker, who played Elaine in this episode, my favorite character. And... She started things off in 1988. She was in 94 episodes of Santa Barbara. That's a lot. Sure is. She was in 12 episodes of True Blue. I almost said True Blood, but this is True Blue from 1989 to 1990. She was in Kazam, Brandon. Do you remember Kazam? Of course I remember Kazam. Kazam has a 3.1 on IMDb. Oof. It does not deserve that. Maybe we'll talk about that soon. More recently, she was in When We Kill the Creators from 2020. Before that, she was in 16 episodes of Ghosted. So she's like still kind of working it. Maybe she took a break because of COVID. Who knows? Next, okay. we have the late Vincent Schiavelli. Schiavelli? I don't know. But he passed away in 2005. This is Robert, the homeless man, a.k.a. the ghost from Ghost. He's got the most recognizable face ever. And, and voice, too, I will say. He's got a very recognizable voice. This man... Mr. Robert started things off in 1970 with something I can't pronounce. So I'm going to say he started off in 1971 with taking off. All right. He was in a lot of things, though, Brandon. Choo Choo and the Philly Flash. You remember that? Nobody does. <laughs> no. Rhetorical question. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Okay, I Dang, do know how did that. he get there? How did he get to the Eighth Dimension? Where's the Eighth Dimension? It's after the Seventh Dimension, bro. Oh, right. Before the Ninth. He was in Punky Brewster <laughs> for an episode. Oh, Punky Brewster. Don't get into um, refrigerators, kids. He was in Erie, Indiana. Oh, I like that show. We should watch that sometime. Good show. Living and working in space. The countdown has begun. Sure has. He was in Tomorrow Never Dies. Is that a James Bond movie? Yes. Hmm, I knew it. Rusty, A Dog's Tale. Classic. He was in Hey Arnold. He did a voice in Hey Arnold, too. Most recently, he was in Corpse Killer, 25th Anniversary Edition. Which I guess is a video game? What? From 2019? Hold on, I gotta look into this real quick. Maybe it's one of those weird CG, like... Or not CG, but like motion video games that they used to do back in the computer days of yeah, the 90s. Yeah, FMV games were all the range. Yeah, I think it is. This one's from Sega. It looks cool, though. The uh, the cover art is a zombie. Next, we have Klimsky, played by Frank Kapish. Whatever. Kapish. Yeah. It's, it's our old boy, Frank. I say that like he's been in an episode or something. But he has not been in very many things, Brandon. He started off 1986. Great performances. He was in an episode of Freddy's Nightmares, that Nightmare on Elm Street horror anthology show. Nightmare on the 13th Floor, Brandon. Um, This is a movie. Nightmare on the 13th Floor is one of those movies that I saw a smidge of when I was a kid, and I never knew what it was called until the internet was born. You know, you know, you have those movies, right? I think everybody yes. does. He was also in Dunstan Checks In. Oh, excellent. Yes. Uh, most recently, he was in Where the Bears Are from 2012 to 2015. So, oh, he was in Parks and Recs. I didn't know that. Look at him go. That's our cast, though, Brandon. That is all we've got for Morning Mass. Do you want to know what's, right. what's next on the list here? Something better, hopefully. Oh, uh, we'll 
see. We'll see. Uh, the next episode, season three, episode 11, is called Split Second. It reads, a beautiful waitress marries the owner of a lumber camp and then quickly starts to realize that he is not what she really wants. Okay. That is all we have for our... <laughs> what does that mean? We got lumberjacks, Brandon. Lumberjacks in this episode. I see um, from the pictures, lots of plaid, which is very on brand for lumberjacks. Okay. Any Bigfoots? No, not that I can see. Uh, let me look at the cast really quick here. Let me see if I recognize anybody. Billy Worth, perhaps? No? Brian James? No, no, Michelle no. Johnson? No? Nobody? Okay. Well, we'll find out about that next week, Brandon, for split second. Gotta say, I've been up all night, Brandon. I'm done talking about morning mess. I'm gonna go eat some breakfast and have a morning mess of myself. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm so funny. But, Brandon, thanks so much. I will, uh, I'll let you go. I'll let you get some sleep so that you can have your own morning mess in the morning. But I'm out of here, Brandon. I hope you have a wonderful, beautiful, gorgeous rest of the night. And I'll talk to you next week. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.